welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I am David Wilson, joined as always by Susan Miller Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Miami Herald. Susan, how are you? I'm really, really good. Yeah. Yep. An eventful kind of day here in uh, Coral Gables. It's Monday. Uh, oh, yeah. Manny, uh, Blake Baker, and Danny Nussel had their press conferences. Uh, for a couple of those guys, it was the first time we, we talked to them since... Miami's uh, disappointing loss, I guess is one way to put it, on Saturday. Um, The big story of the day was um, pretty much that Manny is kind of, we don't exactly know what capacity, but in some capacity he's going back to working with the defense, dipping his toes onto that side of the ball a little bit more, and it sounds like going to spend a lot of time over there. A lot bit more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did um, you think of that? When you, I, for, I guess I, we should say first of all, he said that on the radio this morning. Uh, yeah. Didn't kind of, you know kind of explained his thinking a little bit, and then obviously uh, a little later in the afternoon we got to talk both with Manny and Blake Baker about it uh, to get a little bit more insight as to what exactly yeah, this I, is going to entail. What, what did you think when you heard him say that on the radio uh, this morning? I was. Um, a, a little bit surprised, but not a lot surprised, and because the defense has not been playing well, and actually, uh, some of us had discussed knowing we were, you know, knowing the uh, presser was going to be today, whether um, Manny would say whether he's taking over calling plays, and and in fact, it has nothing to do with play calling, right? right. Manny said that uh, Manny Diaz said that he's. You know, Blake Baker is still the D coordinator. He's still going to be doing, he told him to do everything he's been doing. He's been doing everything fine. But that uh, after Manny left, which which we wondered about that, after, you know, you, your defensive coordinator and your team is leads the country in several, uh, you know, national statistics last mm-hmm. year. They, they did so well defensively. And then you become the head coach and you've got, you know, to spend... Right. He spent more of his time now with the offense. So yeah, that's what Blake Baker said. We, he said it was Manny was spending most of his time with the offense. I think coming in and Manny, it was something Manny even kind of touched on today is that you know the offense was the side of the ball that had kind of the chip on their shoulder coming into the year. Didn't really obviously coming off not a very good year right. in 2018. Hey, so right. I think Manny was kind of you know he trusted his guys on defense. That yeah. defense is all his guys pretty but, much except for Mike Rumpf, who obviously has become one of his guys. Um, right, and he and he thought they would be able to handle it, and they've been. And he said that a little disappointing. Yeah, very disappointing. He said that that the culture that was created when he got there in 2016, they have not been able to recreate. That he kind of you know has been. Yeah, he really built it up basically through 17 and 18. and, and, And I guess people have that natural inclination to you know they he's not there anymore and maybe they can let down a little more. I think bottom line is more players are, he didn't say the word freelancing, but they're, they're not do, trusting each other right? to do, you know, you do your job, you're playing this position, I'm playing this position. If everybody does what they're coached to do, then everything will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. But people, you know, I'm using the word freelancing, but are right. worried about maybe you know overcompensating or doing something they're not supposed to do or helping somebody out and then 
And that's where, I mean, the, the defense has been mostly fine for, like, whatever 90% of their plays a, it, a game, they look like right. and it's similar still, to the Miami's of last well, year. by the way, statistically. But they, it's what? There's, like, four, five, six coverage breakdowns a game, and that's what happens. Right. With it. I mean, that's kind of exactly, I think, what Manny is seeing. Yeah, is, he's, the, the, the problem mostly presents itself at the end of games or in crucial situations. Third downs. Third downs or, or big you know, They had the 4th and 17, obviously, against UNC. and Yeah, it happened in UNC a couple times, and it's ha- it happened in this past game. So they gave up two long touchdowns two long against run, Florida. Two runs, long runs before in their final scoring drive right. this past game. And, um, you know, they, you, just, you just can't do that. So he's... So now he is he's not going to be calling plays again. I guess the play calling is going to be the same, but Manny will be sitting in on the meetings, which he probably did a little before, but right. he's got Blake Baker said that Manny Diaz will be um, be at pretty much with be the defense on that side of the ball. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be coaching the defense with Blake Baker and Blake Baker Manny Diaz is his mentor, he said, and you know, he accepted it he had no choice, but right. uh, graciously or gracefully or whatever the word is, and um, and said that you know he's he's the glue. He's gonna you know hopefully get everything back together again the way it was. And and it was interesting because Manny said this morning on WQAM when he kind of broke the news to everybody early in the morning Monday, he said that um, the offense, in fact, as as <laughs> As much as you know, UM was so f- fell behind. By the way, and that's defensively, mm-hmm. you know, to, well, that was the offense. The picks, the three interceptions by Jaron Williams. I know we'll talk about him soon, but yeah, um, Manny said that despite the offense screwing up basically um, and and giving up all the and you know uh, turning over the ball, the offense though came back. And got close enough to where they could have won. And what mm-hmm. he said is the offense gave itself a chance to win the game. Right. But the defense has not been doing that. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it's happened a couple times. Obviously, there are some games they lost because, you know, the Florida game, the defense played well. Right. Well enough to win. The the Central Michigan game, which they won, um, they won pretty much because of the defense, because the offense totally vanished. But, you know, the games right. that were kind of – I feel like if you look at them and they're the two probably most frustrating losses are what Virginia Tech and UNC, right? And those are oh, both definitely. games where the defense yeah. just did not. Although Florida was kind of frustrating. Yeah, but I think honestly. if you look back, I mean, that was a, you know a chance for that was an, that would have been an upset. These were two games that Miami, right? Uh, you know, two conference games no, that Miami, Miami should have won. Miami probably. could have won every game. I this sounds so I know, like I know. A, but they but they, they also could have yeah. won all these games. Yeah. Well, although this last game. I mean, they did everything they could to lose that one. Yeah, they did, but this last game even. But again, they easily could have. They could have led with with a minute left, pretty much. Um, What what, what do you think this says just about Manny? I don't know. Does it feel like desperation? Does it feel smart? You know, when when you kind of see a guy making a change this quickly, you 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 like it. I well, I like the thing on defense because Manny. I mean, I don't know what he's going to do, and I don't know if I. I think I like it because he knows if he doesn't do it, 
it's it's gonna it's just gonna, maybe it's gonna be more of the same. Which Blake Baker, he's super nice guy, and I don't and I I think it I think maybe it's not so great for Blake. You right. know, personally, obviously, I know he says he's excited about it and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, um, what what else? What else is Manny going to do other than fire Blake Baker? And he's he's not going to do that. Not now. in the middle of the year. He's not going to do that now no. for sure. He's he trusts Blake Baker, or he has trusted him, and I think they're really close. Yeah, he wouldn't have hired him otherwise. He knows him really well. He worked with him before, um, so I think it's okay now. It, now you, I guess. You have to wonder a little bit now. Does the offense change at all? If he, but he's—I yeah. don't know if he's been really coaching. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I, kind of—it's something we have talked actually a little bit about. I think off mic is that the offense is a little bit more like they've got a couple more like veteran coaches on that side of the ball. You know, Dan Enos has obviously been around. Um, you know, had jobs for all different coaches, all different systems, all different conferences. Butch Berry, you know, NFL experience. Um, Taylor Stubblefield came from another yeah, Big Ten it's job. Not Manny's side of the ball. Yeah. Um, then you look yeah. at the defense, they're pretty much just all Manny guys, right? They, they were, right. Yep. most of them, I think, Mike Rumpf obviously never coached at the college level before he came to Miami. He was a very good high school coach. Uh, Todd Stroud has been around, but otherwise, I think all those other assistants pretty much have just been Manny assistants. Like, I know, like, Blake Baker was at Louisiana Tech, but it, that he got his start with Manny. You know, these are all guys that and 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 Mike haven't Rumpf. coached. I mean, Mike yeah. right? Mike Rumpf's been with Manny. Yeah, these are all guys who have not coached at a Power Five level if they're not with Manny Diaz, pretty much. Yeah, and it's you know. So I think he he can kind of trust Danny Nose to just kind of I mean be the almost not to to be the coach of the offense more than even just being the offensive coordinator he's a guy who can kind of run that side of the ball. Now I here's think. the thing what, what do you I mean I don't think he has a choice now. Yeah. Oh. It's either more or the same. So if you're asking me, I mean I don't know how it'll affect the whole team and the other side of the ball again, but we just said that he's not really coaching the offense. You know, him spending what I'm trying to say is him spending yeah. a ton more time with the defense. I'm wondering, is anything else? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be pretty will much, it, yeah. Will that accountability will, the, that he's looking exactly. for on defense, will the, that on offense, happen will, on offense? Yeah, will the guys start thinking, oh, man, he's not yeah. around. I mean, it kind of, all depends, kind of on, it all depends on how much Enos has kind of bought, got the guys have bought into Enos, right? Right, yeah. I, so I think that's, I think it's a great idea if the offense doesn't start doing the same thing in a right. way that they that the defense did. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, well, just very, very interesting development. Um, so we've got, I guess, one other big topic to hit on that will surely dominate this whole week, and that is the quarterback composition. Mm -hmm. Um, on Saturday, Jaron Williams had easily the worst game of his college career, Mm -hmm. three interceptions on his first three drives. Yep. Lost a fumble, I think, on the fourth. Is that right? That sounds right. And then Nikosi Perry no, came in. I th- oh, maybe it was. Yeah, Jer- but Nikosi Perry came in with the game almost already out of hand. Right. Even you know down twenty-one nothing after the first quarter. Uh, kind of led Miami back. 
really led Miami back. I guess they, they tied the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, played they pretty did. well. Played pretty well. You know, had an yeah, interception. Very well. Played very well. Yeah, put very, up, very put up well. numbers. Made a couple of mistakes like you would expect. Um, after the game, though, Manny Diaz seemed to kind of express support for Jaron Williams. He doubled down on it a little bit, saying basically that Jaron is the quarterback going into the week. Danny knows yep. said there's, you know, the competition is still ongoing, but kind of deferred, said basically but whatever Diaz, Manny think, said. Yeah, and I goes. think Diaz, I, I think the bottom line here is that, uh, you know, Jaron's, you know, Manny Diaz, Jaron's the our quarterback guy. going Jaren's into the week. Jaron's our guy, but let's see what happens in practice this week, and let's see how he responds, right. okay? Um, you know, we... Everybody knows we can win with Jaron, right? And he says, and everyone's seen what Jaron can do. But they also know Nikosi can make things happen. And let's right. see what happens. So I think what they would like, you know, in a, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't, in a perfect world, Jaron would like, you know, light it up again. And right. so it's, I don't think, and Danino said this today, right? He said, Danino said today that he didn't, they were hoping that they wouldn't have to do a, uh, you know, back and forth. Yeah, back quarterback and forth. roulette kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like they did last year. Yes. Right? That's what happened with I think Manny Rick. really wants to avoid that, is the sense he definitely I get. Want, yeah, you know, he saw how wants to avoid that. He saw what that could do last year. I mean, yeah. Danny knows, went through it on a, a much different scale at Alabama where he had Tua right. and Jalen, um, and obviously wound up picking Tua eventually. But for a couple of weeks there, they, they let those guys split time. So... I think everyone wants the one guy, but you got to make sure you have the right guy, right? Yeah, you do, and it's kind of weird. You don't want to have to. You don't want Kosi to win the job and then throw two interceptions in the first quarter against Virginia, right. and, and you do exactly the same thing. That's exactly what happened last year. Remember yeah, that he threw so- two interceptions in the first quarter <laughs> against Virginia, and then we didn't see him for like three weeks. Yeah, all of a sudden it goes again. Right, goes back and forth. Um, it's we were again. There were all the reporters were talking about this today. I mean, they're in kind of a bad spot now. They put yeah. in Nikosi. You got the uh, Nikosi hive or whatever mm-hmm. that you know people that you know Nikosi should be starting. He's threw for four hundred and what twenty two yards yeah. or something like that. A career high four touch four touchdowns. Um, but you know also, and I know I know Danny you know notices this. You know the. the Nikosi also threw it, threw an interception. Yeah. Okay. He fumbled the ball on the final drive. Yeah. Fumbled the ball on a drive. He went the wrong way on a bootleg. Is that what he said? Yeah. And that could have cost him. Turned into a sack. Yeah, it turned into a sack. He went the wrong way. And, but, and, so he threw the one pick, right? But he also threw another interception that was ruled an interception until. After the play, a flag came down because a Virginia Tech guy hit him late, I yeah. guess. But he had already thrown the interception. So that would have been two interceptions. Mm-hmm. One, and he was so lucky that one was negated. But, I mean, Dan Enos doesn't negate it. Yeah. He, he saw it. And then also he threw the ball, Nikosi also in the game, right to a Virginia Tech player. Right. I'm not saying that Jaron Williams has right. Yeah, Jaron has had his moments. Where he's, he's has but but Nikosi, so threw it right to the Virginia Tech guy. There wasn't even a UM guy around, like right, right to the Virginia Tech, and the guy dropped it. He was probably so shocked. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, I mean, but but here's the thing. So 
I know woulda, shoulda, whatever, coulda, but it would have been that would have been you know three picks right. for him. So the thing about Nikosi is he has a he has a nice arm. Yeah, I mean, I think really he showed nice in this game, and he showed it last year, honestly, too. Right. His, his arm just his arm strength is better than Jaron, and for certain parts better. of this offense, you know, obviously Jeff Thomas had his best game of the season. Um, He's kind of a Brevin had his best. He's like a gunslinger. Yeah, to me, when Mark Pope caught a hail mary, (laughs) right? So when they give when Nikosi's the quarterback, he wings it, man. He just slings it, wings it. Whatever. He just he he boom. He likes to throw it, and he and he can throw it far. But I think they also worry that he's a little more careless. Yeah, I, he. I think he is. Yeah, personally. Yeah, I mean, he I, had a track record for turnovers that you know, obviously, Jaron. You know, you don't get more turnover prone than he was in the first quarter on right Saturday, but that was also potentially. And I mean, he hasn't. But, the sample size is still small on Jaron, but Nikosi, his biggest strength has been that he doesn't turn the ball very over. Very poised. I mean, yeah. yeah, but Nikosi, I think last year was just a little, wasn't he, like a little over 50%. I have to look at his percentage. Yeah, his completion percentage was that is great. Never, yeah. Now, Jared, now, this offense is a little bit more quarterback friendly. Right. Um, I mean, but, I would think his numbers would be better. But, but Jaron, um, yeah, Jaron, you know, it, the, his arm strength, is that how critical is that now? I mean, I people it's know that. It's very obvious that yeah, he underthrows the ball. I mean, it's hurt. Jeff Thomas this year, who's arguably your best skill position player right. or most talented skill position player. Mm-hmm. They've, you know, they had a couple, you know, he missed Mark Pope on a deep ball a couple of weeks ago that would have been his first career touchdown. Or, yeah, people, receivers sometimes have to come in a little bit. Yeah, they I mean, have those, to kind of pause and it gives the defense time to catch up. Yeah, I mean, the, the strengths of this offense, you know, I guess KJ is, is probably there. Him and Jeff Thomas are probably the two best receivers on the team. And KJ is a little bit more of like that big possession guy mm-hmm. that, you know, he's been really good with Jaron because he's good on those slants and Jaron's really good at throwing in the middle of the field. But then you kind of look at that next he group is. of wide receivers. It's like Jeff Thomas, Mark Pope, uh, even Mike Harley. Those are all guys that... High tower. Yeah. He's pretty good. But those yeah, three in particular are guys that probably are better with Nikosi just because of the way Nikosi likes to play. Right. Now the question is, is it better for the offense as a whole to be playing like that? Or is it better... You know, Are I, you going to get more explosive plays? Probably, but you're also going to make make more mistakes. I kind of probably, and it's kind of yeah. where does that balance lie? And it was kind exactly of a, something we it. talked a lot about with Jaron, and asked Dan Enos and Manny Diaz about how does Jaron get that balance of trying to get make the big play sometimes, and versus taking care of the ball. And uh, for the first couple right. of weeks, maybe the offense is a little more sluggish, but at least it wasn't the thing, giving the ball away three yeah, I mean, drives I, in a row. I, yeah, that's what you said is exactly right. It's the, the, I think that the Jaron, you know, the 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 uh, the deep ball mm-hmm. um, is kind of a point to me against him. Yeah. Um, but Nikosi, uh, um, you know, the the accuracy or the yeah. decision making, and also the I I don't know. You'd think he knows the offense really well now, but mm-hmm. 
the playbook and all that stuff. I know that was last year a little bit yeah. of a problem. Yeah, but. I mean, it was kind of something we talked about in the preseason, right? When they were trying to pick this quarterback, it wasn't necessarily an issue of who is the best guy, right? I mean, maybe, I guess ultimately it, it was, but it was a, a issue of whose strengths do you like most and whose weaknesses can you live with the most, right? Because, like, yes, I I, I think in the preseason, I mean, maybe Tate, it turned out, was not as much in the competition as we thought he was considering he's a wide receiver now. But between Nikosi and Jaron, like, they seemed pretty evenly matched throughout most of the preseason. Even if, like, Jaron had an edge the whole way, which kind of seems like he did pretty much from, like, the the scrimmage on. There were also awesome. But I think it was always close. Yeah, I mean, and Nikosi obviously I, I, I has. I don't his, mean to bring that up. Yeah, but, but he mean, does. It's in. I mean, Manny gives guys second chances, but he also wants a leader at that spot. And, yeah, and I think Jaron does. But, I think have that like leadership quality, particularly with definitely. a lot of those skill guys, like oh, definitely. like Brevin, He's, Mallory. Uh, you know, yeah. they, they kind of have a whole click together. Brian Hightower. Um, so I think so, that matters too. And I, it does, and I. It's interesting. Um, the the end of, when they had their comeback last game, you know, with Nikosi, mm-hmm. they were so fired up. The yeah. offense, yeah, that's very, the other thing. They're hy- they're hyped up, you know, they're very hyper hyped mm-hmm. up, excited with Nikosi's quarterback. But I, you know, I hope that uh, I hope that Jaron, you know, I hope he does well this this week, and it kind of. Gets back to normal. It'll be crazy if Nikosi starts. Right. It'll be absolutely. I think. Yeah, I mean, personally, unless Jaron totally does something really bad, I think this is just my prediction. I'll probably mm-hmm. be wrong, but I think Jaron will start, and then if they need to take him out, they will. But then again, the whole thing gets started again. Yeah, I think. I mean, Miami. They obviously have to just start whoever is best. Mm-hmm. But I think an ideal world world for them. It would, their best quarterback would be Jaron. It would just make it least complicated, right? Like, I think, yeah. you know, I think we were we were trying to figure out what's the percentage. Uh, like, is is it fifty fifty at this point? I don't think no. it's that close. No way. And I don't think it would ever be closer than fifty one forty nine because I think <laughs> if all things are even, they're gonna go with Jaron. Yeah, I, it's. I think it's. Yeah. There's a reason I they agree. picked him, right? Like. But I think they're having they're not whatever throw discussion off we're having a lot more intensely. They're yeah. having that discussion. They're not. Yeah, they're they're trying to. I don't I don't know what Danny Enos is saying in the background. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, this should be a very interesting um, situation as it unfurls. And I also think that, and I think I wrote this, but we 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 talked about Jaron, uh, not Jaron Nikosi. He's a redshirt sophomore. I mean, if he doesn't. If he really doesn't see much playing time anymore, he's. I don't see how he doesn't transfer. Yeah. How, how we, right? Yeah. Am I wrong? After I the mean, year, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, it's, he, it would be his time to kind of move yeah. on, and it would and, have to be after. Because he year. showed. I mean, he showed he could be a starting quarterback, right? Absolutely. Oh, a million places would love yeah. to get him. So that's kind of. I'm sure the coaches know that too. Yeah. So. Yep. All right, I think we can uh, wrap it up there. We've touched on a lot. What about uh, the kicking game, David? Do you want to talk about the kicking yeah, game? So of course. Camden Price, who is the backup kicker, is uh, Camden Price mysteriously the absent. Was mysteriously absent last game, which we didn't realize. Um, and poor Bubba Baxa 
you know, just missed a potential yeah, go ahead just, extra point. And and that extra point, okay, that 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 extra point would have given Miami a one point lead with what like two minutes left, whenever that last touchdown was. Yeah, it was, was. like three minutes yeah. left or a little more than three minutes. But the thing is, I agree with Manny Diaz on this. That it was you know? a killer. Well, Manny Diaz says it cha- this morning. He said it changes the whole. Like momentum, the whole swing, momentum swing. Right. Like everybody was so psyched up by DJ Dow's 62 yard run for a touchdown. Put, yeah. And you just assume with, I mean, I don't, with any other kicker, you assume, pretty much assume, okay, it's going to be, point, they're going to yeah. have, yeah, the extra point. And with Bubba, I, I, you know, I put you, you, everybody just, their heart skips a beat. Yeah, I mean, when it affects he goes up everything, kick, right? Like if Miami yeah, had scored a touchdown at the end there. Do you think they kicked that? Like, you know, what they finished the game on the ten yard line, Miami. I think a ten yard. They had two plays. Let's say they get the ball yard. in the end zone there. Do they kick the field goal to force overtime or like? Ooh. It's yeah, it's a whole. I don't think and so. And Manny no said you know, it affects your no. fourth down decision making. They've gone they for it on fourth down in situations where you're taking points. points. Yeah. Yeah, it's, they would have gone for the two. It points makes everything to tough. Win. Yeah, and it, yeah, and Manny said it's going to affect field fourth, goal. Yeah, kicking. fourth down yeah, decision fourth making once you get across midfield. Yeah. Yeah, so, and and now this Camden Price is uh, is gone. For, at least for the, through the Virginia game. at least game. another game, and oh boy. Yeah. You know? Speaking of Virginia, I don't think we, we think we mentioned them like three times on this podcast, and Miami plays oops, the number 20 Virginia. team in the country number on 20. Friday. Just and, any kind of thoughts? And, no, yeah, and I my first thought is, although somebody, I guess a gambler, said to me, oh, this is why this happened. But Miami began, I think, two, two, a two-point favorite, yeah. favorite. And I'm like, what? You get three for what? home field. So. <laughs> so they think Virginia's better than Miami. I don't know but. what it'll be now. But, um, yeah, Virginia is 4-1. and one. They played Notre Dame. Pretty tough. Yeah. Pretty tough, Ended right? up losing by a couple scores, but it was close into the fourth right. quarter, I think. a couple weeks ago. And they've had an extra week. But, of course, to prepare for Miami. We all <laughs> yeah. know what that means for Miami. Miami had an extra week twice. Miami had extra weeks. No. Uh, no, they had an extra week before, before North Carolina. Um, North Carolina and... Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and they this lost last that week. One. Yeah, they've lost. They're two and zero on regular weeks, and zero and two on weeks where they've had more than a week since their last Something game. Zero like and three. No, because they lost right. to Florida in the opener too. They had oh the whole like, yeah, they had a whole off season to prepare. Yeah, so so maybe they'll be even better this week with only uh five days to prepare instead right, of so six. Eight, and it is a Friday night, yeah. eight o'clock game. The whole I think I country. just saw they're doing a whiteout. Yeah, and they're wearing, I think, their new whatever uh, Adidas environmentally friendly (laughs) uniforms. But uh, anyway, um, there's going to be a lot of pressure on them. Yeah. 8 p.m. and... Two and four. God forbid they lose again. Woo! I got to start looking up the last time that happened. Yeah. Two and four would be the the Manny Diaz hot seat. Oh, so Manny Diaz hot seat. Yeah, I mean. He's he's on the hot seat to the fans. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to imagine him being a one and one and done kind of deal. And I th- honestly, I think I, the, the I, coach I, he's going up against this weekend is a pretty good example of why you don't do that. Because after year one, Bronco Mendenhall <laughs> looked like a mess at Virginia. I think they had guys transferring out, and he right. and he doesn't recruit particularly well either. Bronco Mendenhall and. 
then now they're number 20 team in the country. I know Miami fans obviously strive to be a lot better than Virginia, and they should. But, you know, sometimes it it takes a year to to set the culture. David, you'll know this better than I, but are they going to lose? How many recruits are they going to lose? Well, they had one decommitment last week. Um, Uh A a really good cornerback from South Dade. Um, But that one had kind of been like, even before the season, he had like, been talking about Penn State for Ohio State. So that was one that maybe the the losing sealed the deal, but it was kind of on the way out. For the, other, for the most part, though, they've got, I think, like seven, four or five-star recruits left. Um, and then, you know, most of the kind of three-star guys, I think, you know, Miami is – not really at risk of losing those those types of guys. There, there are a lot of guys at Miami are they're kind of like under the radar type guys, and and all the other guys have at least said that they're as locked in as could be. But you know things, you know, there's obviously a difference between seven and five and four and eight. So oh my I think goodness. it de- I think it depends how this en- this year ends. I wouldn't expect a ton of attrition in the like near future, but if they don't and, make a bowl. If they go five and seven, then yeah, I mean it's it's yeah. You it's gotta tough. wonder what happens yeah. with the board of trustees and, and yeah, yeah, how angry they get and um. I think we can we'll have a, a better idea of how much we should talk about this this time next week, right? Yep, more fun. Because if, if they beat Virginia, then all of a sudden maybe it's not sunshine and roses, but it's at least like all right, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Right, and then oh, by the way. Everybody, and then what, they just announced that the, the game after... Yeah, Georgia uh, Tech. Yeah, after Virginia is Georgia Tech, and it's... Back on the ACC noon. Network, if you still have... ACC Network. Comcast, can't watch, like Yeah, May. exactly. So, Good thing we cover the game. So, yeah, <laughs> so yeah Friday um, should be a fun one at Hard Rock Stadium. Until then, be sure to check MiamiHerald.com slash sports. Uh, we have lots of coverage going into the week today. Check out everything from the press conferences. Uh, Susan handled a lot of that. Barry Jackson was here. If you want to check out his uh, Lorenzo Lingard, we didn't even talk about that. Uh, oh, Lorenzo is redshirting. Redshirting. So be sure that, to check everybody? out that story um, that Barry had. Um, otherwise, follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. Follow Susan on Twitter at s, s. Miller Degnan. If you can um, spell it. Yeah. Other than that, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Take care, everyone.